welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 26th of March 2017, entitled The Love of a Mother, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. It's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. 1 Kings chapter 3, and while you're turning there, let me say that some might think this a bit of an odd passage to use for Mother's Day. But hopefully by the end, you'll understand why. First Kings chapter 3, I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word this morning as we begin reading in verse 16 and read down through the end of the chapter. First Kings chapter 3, verse 16. Then came there two women that were harlots, unto the king, and stood before him. And the one woman said, O oh my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. It came to pass the third day after that I was delivered that this woman was delivered also. And we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me, and while thine handmaid slept, and laid it in her bosom, and laid her dead child in my bosom. When I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Then said the king, The one saith, This is my son that liveth, and thy son is the dead. And the other say, Nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. The king said, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son. And she said, O oh my Lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged. They feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, that we can have this passage to read before us today, have all of your words that's been preserved for us. And Lord, as you gave us this passage in Scripture, you gave it to us for a reason and a purpose. And as we read from it this morning, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to be able to gain a few nuggets. A few nuggets that, Lord, as we look here today, they can speak to the hearts. Lord, like no man can speak, but like only your word and your spirit. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. 
Of course, if you've read much from the Bible, it's not a strange story. It may sound strange what's taking place, but it's a familiar story to many of us that have read and studied God's Word. And like we've said in other things today, of course, sometimes the familiarity can sometimes help us lose the significance of what it really means. You see, I believe that as we look at this passage that it teaches us some things about motherhood in a very graphic way that is unique. God gave us this passage for a reason that we could see some things, that we could gain some things. It's all there for our benefit. Of course, over the years on Mother's Day as we try to honor mothers, we can look to many places in Scripture for examples of godly mothers. We can go back to Eve, the mother of all. We could go back to Sarah who waited so long to have a child and finally was blessed with her son Isaac. We could look back at Naomi that embodies the very concept of a, of a faithful mother-in-law. Her faithfulness was rewarded as it was actually in her line that would eventually produce the very line of David and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We can look at Hannah who gave her son Samuel to the Lord before he was even born out of the womb. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, Mary, the mother of our Lord, and, and the list could go on and on and on as we look for good examples to uphold that sacred duty of motherhood. But you know, it's always a challenging and a difficult thing because any time that we gather with a number of people as we have here today, we find that there are always those that maybe you don't know who your mother was. Or maybe all your memories of your childhood are not pleasant ones. Maybe you weren't blessed to be able to be raised in a very loving and caring home like, like others. But I trust and pray as we look here today that you can grasp the reality that motherhood should be, should be honored. <laughs> we look here, as we look in this passage today, we might think that it's kind of strange to uphold uh, two harlots, two prostitutes, <laughs> as an example of anything in motherhood. But in fact, we can. In fact, we often use this passage to highlight Solomon's wisdom. The wisest man that ever lived, the Bible said. His wisdom, even in this, making this choice and how he made this judgment. There's an old Jewish proverb that teaches that a child without a mother is like a door without a knob. You can't use it. You can't get much out of it. See, the importance of motherhood is vital. And whether your experience was good or bad and whatever memories that you might have, and of course, for some, the memories were good, but that mother has gone on. That mother is no longer alive on this earth for you to show your appreciation to her. Why 
Do we have this day set aside? Well, I want to remind you today that it's not just this one day of year that we should honor mothers, but it is biblical to honor our mothers. We find that if we look back, that some of you may even still use the term, and certainly a term that was more familiar in bygone years of Mothering Sunday. And of course, Mothering Sunday was something that was celebrated by both the Catholic and the Protestant churches in all parts of Europe. It fell on the fourth Sunday in Lent, exactly three weeks before Easter. And that's why that we are today exactly three weeks before Easter. There were a lot of bad things, as with many things that came in over the year, when there was too much merry worship and things like that. But in actual fact, it was originally a day that was set aside for people to visit their mother church. It might be their, their local church. It might be the church that they were baptized in. But we find that it has become an occasion for honoring the mothers of children. It became tradition, especially here in Britain, that the servants were given off on this mothering Sunday so that they could go back to the mothering church and, in essence, spend that time with their earthly mother. And so those meanings began to get mixed together. Yes, it was to go back to their mother church, but it was to honor their earthly mothers a time when, more than any other during the year, the families came together. And of course, with many of those British that went across the Atlantic and they settled in North America, and some years later there was a civil war that broke out between uh, the peoples themselves, between the North and the South, and families were literally murdering families. Brothers fighting against brothers. Families were being ripped apart and torn apart. There was a lady by the name of Anna Jarvis. She had a desire, a dream, a vision to be able to somehow bring these families back together to help reunite a, a nation that had been ripped apart. A time to remember all those mothers that had lost their sons in the battle, in the war. When her mom died, she was determined to make that a reality. So in 1907, Anna Jarvis established the very first Mother's Day in a little place called Grafton, West Virginia. But it caught on so much that three years later, 45 of the states of the United States, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Canada, Mexico, all of North America were celebrating this day that it was set aside to remember mothers. 1914, it was made an official holiday. And of course, the thing is, since those years around the world, many began to set aside that day and to follow suit. And because of Mothering Sunday here, those things kind of united together. And so they're celebrated on different times in here, three weeks before Easter, in North America and much of the world, it's in May. But we find that whether it's the second Sunday in May or three weeks before Easter, 
What I want to remind you today is the significance of this day. Just like with many things, I don't care what you do and what intentions, man can make bad things. And the truth is, is that the greedy world is going to capitalize on everything they possibly can. And so we find that many of these holidays that, though they may have begun from genuine and sincere roots, if it can be commercialized to make money, then the world will do that. But allow that not to become what it's all about to you. Allow the reality of the honoring of our mothers to be a reality for you. And so today, and we'll be looking at another passage this evening in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we find those words to honor thy father and thy mother. And this is one way that we honor them today. But as we honor those mothers today, I want to just point out three simple things to you today. And First of all, that as we honor the mothers, I want you to notice a mother's failings, a mother's imperfections. You see, the perfect mother has never lived. Because as human beings, there are always going to be those failings, those imperfections. And so if you want to find something wrong with your mom... You surely can. Now granted, sometimes it's easier to see than others, but nobody said, honor your mother when she's perfect. No such thing as a perfect mom. And sometimes too much can be expected of them. (laughs) Read the story one afternoon, a man came home from work. And he came home and he had never, ever seen such mayhem in all of his life. The children were outside. They were still in their pajamas from the night before. They were covered from head to foot with with mud and dirt. There were all the empty wrappers and boxes from all the junk food that was just strung all over the garden. The door to his wife's car was standing open and Everything piled in it and piled out of it. The front door to the house was standing open. He went in, and man, when he got inside, it was even worse. It looked like a a tornado had ripped through the place, and I mean, everything was thrown about. He saw the lamps knocked over and the furniture turned upside down, and it was just unbelievable. The kitchen was full of dirty dishes and The food from breakfast was more on the floor than what they'd probably got in their tummies. And this goes on and on as he goes through the house and he sees all this and the the dirty clothes piled up and all these things. And then he finds his wife sitting there in the bed, all curled up, just relaxing and lounging, reading a book as if everything was just absolutely perfect. She looked at him and she smiled and She asked him as usual, honey, how how did your day go? (laughs) He looked a little bit bewildered and said, well, my day went fine, but what in the world happened here today? Again, she smiled. She looked at him. She said, you know, every day when you come home from work and you ask me what in the world have I done today, well, look around and you'll see and understand. (laughs) You see, the thing is, is that So many times, 
We don't grasp and realize and understand all that's going on in front of us and behind the scenes because we see the order that comes from it, not the chaos. I hope that none of you, including myself, are quite that insensitive towards the women in our lives to the reality of what it really takes to mother children keep some kind of order in a household <laughs> even when children are trying their best to run riot because I'm absolutely convinced nobody deserves more care more attention there is no greater job there is no more important role you can study to get the highest degree in the land you could work a job where everybody in the world knew your name and knew your face and recognized you and knew who you were, but I'm promising you there is not a role or a job in this world that's more important than motherhood. And you see, I don't care what we were doing in this life. We can look around and we can find people that do it better than others. But the thing that we should be challenged to do is to do the very best that we can. If you're here and you are a mother, then I want to commend you for all the things that have gone on that maybe were never fully recognized. But if you're here and you're not a mother, maybe one day you will be. Maybe by God's grace and by God's help and by God's word, you can be the kind of mother that you ought to be. You see, the women in our story, they had many failings. They were prostitutes. They were not perfect women. They were not holy women. These were some that could be looked upon as literally being part of the worst profession in the world. We find that Neither one of them would have probably been put up for honors if they were giving away a reward for the Mother of the Year Award, for being the greatest mother on earth. And yet what I want you to recognize is that in the failings, in the imperfections of these women, it was the love that shows through. You know what? Sometimes... Saying, we just maybe need to lighten up on the moms a little. Give them a break. Learn to laugh in the good times and the bad times. When things are going great and when they're not going so great, there's probably not a job on earth that's more trying, that needs more patience. Another story that I read of the man that he observed a woman in the grocery store. And she was going down the aisles, and, and most of you have either seen it or you've experienced it when, you know, the, the child's there in the trolley and you're going along and you have to keep a certain distance from, from the things on, on the aisles because if not, they're grabbing, they're grabbing, and she, she's going down through there and, 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 and the little girl, she begins to, to want the, the biscuits on the biscuit aisle and she's trying her best to get to them and she's pleading with mom and suddenly this gentleman walking behind me hears the mom say, now Monica... We've just got about half the aisles to finish to get through. Don't, don't be upset. It won't be long. 
Then they come to the sweet aisle. Oh, boy. <laughs> he thought it was bad on the, on the biscuit aisle. I mean, man, this little girl, she's beginning to scream and shout and pitch her tantrum, and she begins to cry. He hears those words. There, there, Monica. Don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and we'll be checking out. <laughs> he got to the checkout stand, and, of course, they've always got all those little things right around the checkout stand that will attract those children's attention, whether it's sweets or gum and all those things that are always right there at the till, it seems like. And, oh, boy, she really broke into a tantrum when she saw that she wasn't going to get what she wanted. The mom said, Monica, we'll be through the checkout. Just, just wait, you know, you, you know, five minutes, we'll, we'll be out of here, we'll be home, and then you can have a nice nap. The man followed the mother and the little girl out to the car park, and as she was getting in the car, he came up and he said, you know, lady, he said, he said, I couldn't help but notice how patient you were with little Monica there. And the mom looked at it and says, that's not Monica. That's Tammy. I'm Monica. <laughs> and most of you mothers will exactly know that feeling. <laughs> when sometimes the child might be picked picture the biggest tantrum of their life, but it's keeping you calm on the inside that's the hard job. You see, mothers aren't always perfect. You may have had the most perfect mother that ever lived. But the truth is, all mothers have failings. These ladies were prostitutes. They weren't somebody that was held up for their high moral standards by what they did in this world or anything else. But you see, not only in this story do we see a mother's failings, but we see a mother's faithful God. <laughs> faithful God. You see, I'll guarantee you, you ask any mom to describe to you how stressful that some of her days are. <laughs> I know. I've watched six of them be born. <laughs> but I can tell you, you know, I was not a mother. <laughs> I got to watch what was taking place there. And the whole experience begins with an awful lot of pain. But that's just the beginning of it sometimes. Because the more you love, the more you hurt. We've talked about that in different things. <laughs> you know, the more you love something, the more you're going to hurt. When you see it hurt, or when it's taken from you. I jotted down a few notes that children have made concerning, on Mother's Day, concerning their moms, what they've written to them. And the first one was my little eight-year-old Angie. She said, Dear Mother, I'm going to make dinner for you on Mother's Day. It's going to be a surprise. P.S. I hope you like pizza and popcorn. Robert said, I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you like the turtle better than the snake that I got you last year. Eileen said, Dear Mother, I wish Mother's Day wasn't always on Sunday. It would be better if, we, if it were on Monday so we get the day off school. Or little Diane, I hope you like the flowers I got you for Mother's Day. I picked them myself when Mr. Smith wasn't looking. Or little Carol, 
Dear Mother, here are two aspirins. Have a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> she may have had a little deeper insight than she realized. But children are unique. And as they grow up and they learn to honor their moms, motherhood is often very stressful. A mother worries about everything that that child goes through. But what we need to realize is just like in our story before us today, with these two women with major failings in their life, that it was God's wisdom. What was it that we read there in the, in the last verse? And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. You see, ladies, I want you to remember that just as these two prostitutes that may have been looked down on as, as, as lowlifes in this world because there was certainly nothing to brag about the occupation that they had, they had their failings. But God was faithful. God was faithful even amongst that. You've heard the same thing, I'm sure, when it's speaking of moms and dads and the ages may slightly vary, but it still says a lot. At five years old, my mommy can do anything. At eight years old, my mom sure knows a lot. I mean a whole lot. By 12 years, well, he doesn't know quite everything. 14 years, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. 16 years, mother, she is so hopelessly old-fashioned. 18 years, man, she is way out of date. 25 years, well, you know, she might know a little bit after all. 35 years before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. By 45 years, wonder what mom would have thought about it. By 65 years or sometime shortly after, wish I could talk it over with mom. The cycles that moms go through and that children go through, <laughs> you're not the only one. Mom, nobody should expect you to be perfect. But I want you to know, just as even these two prostitutes in our story, God is faithful. It was God working through King Solomon that was there for that mom in an impossible, impossible situation. Because you see, we see a mother's failings. We can see a mother's faithful God. You know what? It all hinges on a mother's, and I simply use the word formidable love. Formidable. You know why I use that word? When I looked it up in the dictionary, I was trying to think of a word that really showed the strength. This is the definition that I've got for formidable. Inspiring fear or respect through being impressively large, Powerful, intense, or capable. 
That describes a mother's love to me. <laughs> Formidable. Formidable. Most of the time we use that when we're thinking a lot of times of something negative that we can't break through, that we can't get through. It's just too formidable. Well, I'll tell you one thing we see in this story before us. We see a mother's formidable love that nothing could break through that. You see, sometimes things get rough. I found this, and it's not exactly a poem. It says, when life gets rough, love gives strength. When life gets tough, love gives power. When life lets you down, love gives encouragement. When life seems empty, love gives meaning. When life gets mundane, love gives enthusiasm. When life seems sad, love gives joy. When life gets confusing, love gives clarity. You see, a mother's love knows no bounds. I only know what it's like to have a father's love. And I know that, you know, there's nothing in this world that would get this father riled up more than for you to start messing with my wife or my kids. <laughs> you could do all kind of nasty things to me, and I might put up with it. You see, there's no way of really expressing that. But a mother's love knows no bounds. You see, in the story that we read here about these two prostitutes before King Solomon, the real mother in that story, would give up her child, would rather see her child go to another woman than to see it split in half. You see the wisdom of King Solomon, because here's these two ladies, and they're both arguing that this child is ours, that it's the other one's that's died, and this one belongs to them. And they're both determined in this. But when Solomon tells them to bring the sword, and literally to slice this baby in half and give half to one and half to the other. That real mother, rather than to see that child hurt or destroyed, he was willing to give that child up so that it could live. I doubt that anybody can have more of an in emotional investment in anything in this world than a mother for her children. There's going to be times when the children is going to break the mother's heart. <laughs> There's going to be times when those emotional investments seem to just be returning void that you're trying to love, that you're trying to care, that you're trying to do all those things to be the right kind of mom, and yet it seems that it's only hurt that you get in return because your children hurt you. Sometimes the loss may seem greater than the gain. You see, 
A woman's life is so often entwined with that of her husband and her children to such a degree that she sacrifices more than anybody ever knows. Her own wants, her own desires, so that that love can be the center of that home. I'm talking about a formidable love. You know, we need to honor that today. We need to honor that love. We need to honor those sacrifices. We need to honor moms for what they do. The love of a mom should remind each and every one of us of the kind of sacrificial love that God has for us. You see, I doubt that there is any love in this world that could show us the sacrifice of God's love, his agape love, that giving love more so than a mother's love. You see, every one of us today, I don't care who you are or what memories you have or what your past experiences are, if you're a believer, you ought to be praying for the mothers. Sure. I don't care who they are. They're going to have their failings. But they have a faithful God. They have a formidable love. You need to pray for their strength and their wisdom and their passion to do the job that they need to do because there is no greater challenge in molding those little lives. We need to appreciate them. We need to show them our appreciation. I know. We've talked about it in other things this morning. We can just grow so accustomed to it that we take it for granted. Let your mom know just how much you really love her, how much you really appreciate her. And you know, if you don't have your mom here, not those other ladies you know that, that are mothers today. <laughs> Let them know how much you appreciate them, and especially when they are godly women that are trying to follow God and trying to do it God's way, let them know how much you appreciate that. Did you miss some of that in your childhood? Well, let it be a strength. Let it be a strength to help you show that appreciation for those that are tackling that job today. With all of their failings, they have a faithful God. Pray for them. For that formidable love, and, and, and love them, and tell, tell them that you love them, and show them that you love them. So many times, I read you this final illustration. The brother's talking later in life, said, we had the meanest mother in the whole world. I mean, she was mean. I mean, the other kids got to eat sweets for breakfast, and we had to have cereal and eggs and toast. They got to have Pepsi and chocolate bars for lunch. We had to eat sandwiches. You can guess. Our mother usually fixed us dinner that was different from the other kids. She insisted on knowing where we were and what was going on. And you'd think that we were inmates in a prison or something. You had to know who our friends were and 
She had to know what we were doing with them and where we were going. She insisted that if we would be gone for an hour, <laughs> it would be gone for an hour or less. We'd never, ever, ever run late. We were ashamed to admit it. She had the nerve to break the child labor laws. I mean, we had to wash dishes and make beds and learn to cook and vacuum the floors and do laundry and all kinds of cruel jobs. I think she'd just lay awake at night just thinking up more things for us to do. She always insisted on us telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, I honestly believed that she'd learned how to read our minds. I mean, life was really tough. Our friends couldn't just pull up and honk in the drive. They had to come to the door so that she could see who they were and who it was that was picking us up. I mean, everybody else got to start dating when they were 12 or 13 years old. We had to wait until, oh. <laughs> I used to tell them, Rob, that Shelly could start dating when she was 35 and I was going to be the chaperone. Because <laughs> our mother, we missed out on a lot of things that the other kids experienced. I mean, we never got to get caught for shoplifting and vandalizing property. We were never arrested for crimes. We weren't drinking and smoking and staying out all night and all the other million things that those other kids were doing. Sundays, man, they were always reserved for church. We weren't allowed to miss. We knew better than to ask to spend the night somewhere on Saturday nights, that's for sure. <laughs> you know what? Now that we've left home, we still haven't stopped being mom's little child. But now we're doing our best to be mean parents ourselves, just like mom was. The world just doesn't have enough mean moms anymore. You know, the world doesn't have enough moms. You see, our thought today is simply the love of a mother. A mother has failings. But moms, regardless of where you come from, Regardless of your past, regardless of how you might have messed up and lost it and broke under the stress, you still got a faithful God, even through the static. <laughs> and it's that formidable love, a mother's love, that will get you through. I want to thank you today, moms. I want to thank you for that. And I want to remind you today, that if you're here today, you know, whatever that your memories of your mother was, there's a reason why God tells us to honor our fathers and our mothers. They deserve that honor today. Will you honor yours and, and will we take these simple thoughts from this passage of Scripture? You see, the verse on the screen before you says, Give her the living child. And in no wise slay it, she is the mother thereof. For a mother's love, there's nothing more important than the life of her child. No sacrifice too much. And you know, that's how much God loved you. <laughs> that's how much God loved you. And you know what? His love was so formidable. He gave his only son. He gave his only son to show how much he loved you so that not only 
his son would live for eternity after he rose the third day, but that you could live with him for eternity. Today, whatever love you may have known or not known in childhood and adulthood and past times, God is still on the throne. God still loved you so much that he made the greatest sacrifice of all for you. Today, I hope that you can be blessed to be part of a loving family down here. But I know today that you can be part of God's loving family. And today, as we honor mothers this day, let's remember that God is the one that is the strength for you mothers. It's the love of God through you that will help you to love your children. But there is nothing that will be too great a sacrifice, nothing that's too much. Today, would you be reminded to just show your mom how much she means to you? That I know it's impossible. I know that you can never do that. But you know, they deserve that honor. Father, we thank you today that as we will gather here to pay tribute and honor mothers on this day, but Lord, particularly the love of a mother. Lord, we read this account. These two women, Lord, and one rolls over on her child and he smothers and he's dead. And Lord, she tries to take the other one. And Lord, it's one's word against the other, but in your wisdom. Lord, your judgment was made through love. <laughs> Which one had that true, formidable love of a real mother? Lord, I thank you today that we can gain from that and learn from that and know from that. And I pray that, Lord, you'd help these mothers here today to know how much that we appreciate them and the job that they're doing. And I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody here today Lord, whether they have been blessed with the love of a mother in this life or not, that they can realize your love, your family, that they can be a part of, that they can be a part of for all of eternity. And if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior today, may they come to recognize and know that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.